got two new patreons this month so thank you very much matthew and kelsey two of the most incredible people in the world uh everyone else so this talk is about homelessness with robert patterson i hadn't really met him too much i saw him speaking um and i didn't know that he was homeless himself uh, i just thought he was an advocate for it so halfway through the show i learned about him um i still don't really know what i'm doing with these intro things so i want to keep them short enough that people don't skip them but you know, I want to get a little bit of info in there. So thank you very much to my new Patreons. Um, anyone else, I'll put a link uh, in here. If you have an extra dollar a month, you're making these possible. Um, here's the show. All right. And I'm live with Robert Patterson. How goes it, man? It goes well. I'm having a good day. Yeah. So the most, the thing that I see the most is uh, homeless should be a protected class. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the encompassing and stuff behind that? Well, um... As you know, um, protected class status is something uh, often granted by the federal government, by state governments. Even uh, the city of Eugene has a has some sort of protected class uh, provision in their charter. Um, it's often granted to populations that have been, in the past, um, not granted full rights. Um, Usually for uh, for some sort of immutable condition, but not always. Um, some good examples of protected classes. Old people, different races, all that stuff. But like you're saying, mm-hmm. homeless should be a protected class from like getting jobs. Like they're being, uh, you know, or like, <clears throat> what, like what do you mean? What, what's, the, what's the biggest push behind that? I believe that uh, many homeless in America do not have the full rights and benefits of U.S. citizenship. Uh, and that in order to remedy this, <clears throat> the government should make it illegal to... <clears throat> the government should make it illegal for the government to treat the homeless to treat we, one differently based we, we on... We shouldn't criminalize being poor, is what you're getting to, right? Um, well, yeah, that, that that's kind of an extension of, yeah. Right, because that's a weird thing. That's a weird thing that the system's set up to, if you're poor, it's kind of like, it's purely your fault. And it's really not. Like, it could be any number of ways, like the, the systems that brought you up could have placed you in a system like that. And then it's kind of a magnet to be at zero. Um, a, a magnet for, for a magnet for, it's hard to get out or it's hard to, to get away from. Often it is. Um, you know, a good example that I use is, um, and I should say that I, that I sort of, that I haven't always thought these things, but I, I became, I became street homeless, uh, in Portland I guess about four years ago, five years ago. And um, so anyway, a good example. Um, let's say that 
one is homeless and unemployed, um, and they wish to to go out and sort of, I don't know, pass resumes around for a day. Um, from the time that they wake up, they are faced with barriers that that wouldn't be there were it for were it not for their for their lack of shelter. They must, um, well, they must try to find a place to put their belongings that'll be uh, where where they'll be safe and secure. Uh, they need to find a place to shower or shave. Um, they need to find transportation. Um, and they need to do this all in a way that is timely. You know, they... they, yeah, they there's a lot of barriers. There's a lot of barriers for things that everyone else takes for granted. Like, I mean, you don't have transportation, probably, most likely. Um, yeah, things like like being... being Like, if you, if you get a stain on your shirt, like, what are you really going to do? You don't have a washing machine, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. A lot of things. So what are, what are some things you're trying to put in place to help head in a better direction then? <clears throat> uh, well... Ultimately, the solution is for us to offer housing to every person in America. Yeah. Um, and not only housing, but <clears throat> mailbox services uh, through through the federal government. I, I don't mean... What is a mailbox service? Well, um, you know, the, uh, the U.S., PS will bring packages and, and envelopes to your home if the sender puts a stamp on them or what have you. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's a service that's offered to you because you have a an address. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that the USPS should offer that service to every person in America, ah, um, particularly because some of the some of the civic responsibilities of being an American require you to have a mailbox. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, well, maybe not necessarily require, but... Oh, totally. Um, you have to put in an address. For example, um, we are... Uh, nationally, there is a trend towards voting by mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Oregon has the longest voting by mail period of any state. Um, now, in order to cast one's ballot by mail... Uh, they have to have a return address. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to receive it. They have to receive know. it. Yes, they have okay. to mail it to you. Um, now there are um, you. You could be sent a ballot general delivery. You could have a ballot sent to your county uh, elections board and and pick it up there. You could have a ballot sent to any one of the fine service providers, uh, sort of third party nonprofit service providers that offer mailbox services to the homeless. Um, like Whitebird or, or sponsors here in Eugene, nice. but <clears throat> but that is problematic. Uh, first of all, because in the case of the third-party uh, service providers, there are security issues, um, uh, and I and and I've talked to a few different county boards of elections about this, and none of them will certify the security of a third-party. Uh, mailbox service provider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. 
Do you work for one of those? I know you work for a nonprofit or you're starting up one. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I founded a nonprofit. Uh, sometimes it feels like I've like I found a different nonprofit every week because I, because <laughs> I, I like, um, because I like thinking about the design of, of social services. Um, anyway, um, Emerald Alley is, is what it's called. And I hope to build it into the largest homeless civil rights organization on the West coast. Nice. And so where are you start? What, is, what does that mean? What does that entail? Uh, well, um, as I see it, uh, it would really be sort of three organizations in, in one, right? If, if I'm just like daydreaming yeah. about yeah, it. give it. I would want it to be one part sort of um, political organization, right? That, uh, that that tries to consolidate the, the the political influence of the homeless through uh, through voter registration and um, uh, candidate forums, oppositions, endorsements, um, and also performing uh, lobbying, right? Um, and also, and this is an important part of the political organization, identifying leaders within the homeless community and sort of um, mentoring them through a process of, 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 of education. Uh, yeah. Now, in addition to the political organization side of it, uh, another side of it, as I see it, would be kind of a, a think tank, um, doing research, uh, collaborating with other researchers, and, and, <clears throat> and trying to develop uh, solutions for the problems of street life. The third part of Emerald Alley, uh, in, my, in, in my daydream of, of like the, the perfect a priori Emerald Alley, uh, the third part of it would be something of like a homeless person's union um, mm. that offers uh, an exclusive set of services to our members. Nice. You know what the funniest thing about this whole thing is? Tell me. While you're having it, in the back of your mind, you got to hope that you're, that that it gets put out of business by everyone being homed. That is a good. <laughs> that is a good point. You know. Um, you know, this is the thing, right? There is a certain percentage of the homeless population that has no interest in being sheltered. Ooh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I think so. You know, uh, um, I, I think there are. There is for many a a belief in the ethic of living deliberately. Uh, and what would that mean, living deliberately? Well, uh, that's taken from Henry David Thoreau, um, who's maybe um, uh, who's maybe the most famous homeless man in, oh. in American literature, right? Is he the guy who, like, a walk in the woods or something? Or he, he went uh, out and lived in the woods for a while? A walk in the woods, isn't that... Or isn't not a walk a, in the woods, but who am I... Th Thoreau, he's the guy who, yeah. who went out and just lived in the cabin it's, in the woods? Exactly. Well, he, he was a, he was a, a, a wealthy uh, New Englander. Um, he was the student of Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And, um, and, and I think he felt um, sort of dissatisfied by city life. Uh, I'm guessing that he hung out with a lot of kind of... Uh, snobs. I'm just guessing that. Um, 
anyway, so yeah, so he decides to sort of leave the city and he lives in a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's living deliberately, though. It seems like you could, I mean, if that's the case, why do so many homeless people still live in town? Wouldn't they go live out of the city? That's it. Well, many homeless people do live out do live outside oh. of the city. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Obviously, uh, I guess I wouldn't have seen them if I'm not in town. You know. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I, I think many homeless people are very good at not being seen, um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, you know, one of them being fear of of arrest. Uh, one of them being. Um, sort of dissatisfaction with the city. Uh, yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I'd be disfa- dissatisfied here is the climate. I'm curious why there's so many homeless people in cold climates. Wouldn't everyone just want to be in a warmer place? Um, I think, uh, I think that's right. Honestly, but, like the Willamette Valley has a pretty warm climate compared no. to New England or uh, the oh yeah the, or for the, sure. the Midwest. Oh my gosh, but not as good as Arizona or you know a lot of those places. Like I, my my biggest fear if I were homeless would be freezing to death at night. Like I mean, not obviously the biggest would be water and food security. Yeah, you know? but like being warm is like that's a big priority. Um, you know. I think I think there's lots of homelessness in the in the Northwest because, um, well, to a certain extent, because the services in the Northwest are 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 pretty good, uh, at least in certain cities. Um, Seattle and Portland, in particular, have, have have kind of been leaders for for the whole nation in in homeless services. No. Nice. But Eugene kind of went against that. Didn't they make it so you get fined oh. if you give a homeless person money? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, the I'm that. pretty sure you get fined like close to a hundred bucks if, if you're if you give a homeless I could be wrong. It's something I heard when I was living up in Corvallis. It could be maybe a Corvallis thing. But it seems know. like that goes against it. Um but so I don't know. It's it's do you think the solution is incremental improvement or like a vast just change of the system? Because I mean, when I was talking to Todd Boyle, he's all about that housing thing um, where he wants a bunch of tiny houses where I'm like, well, if there's more vacant houses than there are homeless people, it seems like there should just be government subsidized temporary housing for those people. Um, as opposed to? As opposed to just like incrementally uh, helping people stay where they are it's like well, let's just get these people off the streets and like you know like just give them even twelve dollars an hour just literally cleaning up the city just pet pressure washing sidewalks and cleaning up garbage and stuff like just making a city a nicer place and then mm-hmm. they have a house in that city so they want to live there and then if people don't have to worry about um people who are food insecure who might hype it like not i'm not saying that i'm not gonna demonize and say that people do this but i'm saying if i was food insecure that's the only position where i'd be where i might break into someone's car Mm. so then if everyone's housed and has food security and stuff then people would be less worried about hypothetically uh violence or theft like it seems like a win-win to everyone especially rich people um like they have less to worry about and a cleaner city i don't you know what's the hang up there that that's a great question um I think cities have limited budgets, um, 
And I think that cities would then have a responsibility to, uh, to pay the street cleaners um, whatever their union negotiated. Um, but then they'd have money that they'd just pour back into the, the, the ecosystem by it's like, okay, or they could even give them like local vouchers where it's like, instead of actual money, like, all right, this can be spent in any shop in Eugene. So then the money has to go right back into paying, uh, the person at the red barn for food or, uh, you know, like stuff like the bus fare, like it'd go pay them in something that allows them to live here in the city that they just cleaned up in something that would go right back into the ecosystem of Eugene. And it sounds like like you just suggested that the city of Eugene should pay some of its workers in one currency and pay others of its workers in a different currency. Ah, good point. That doesn't that doesn't add up, does it? It certainly doesn't. <laughs> um, I'm just now, spitballing here, man. I'm not saying these are the answers. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that the solution is going to be um, different for every city. Mm, yeah. And different for every time. And, and I, I think it will involve coming up with a mix of services. Um, one way to prevent homelessness is to keep it from starting. Um, yes, that's a big thing. You know, I, if, I were, if I were building crazy Robertville... Then I would, then I then I would give I, I would empower neighborhood associations somehow to raise to raise money to 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 somehow collect uh, tax or tolls or tariffs somehow and um, and then allow them to use that to, well one of the uses of of that revenue might be to provide a safety net for renters and homeowners in that neighborhood who are. Uh, who are having a hard time managing their their rent or their mortgage? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think maybe the idea of renters' unions uh, makes sense. Um, I think that the core of what you're saying is the current welfare systems help people once they've already completely fallen down. But the welfare we should put a welfare system in place that prevents people who are starting to fall. Cause that's what really like, okay, like have, instead of our taxes going toward like the absolute people who have already like, I mean like help them too, but we really need one that helps like 18 year olds who just graduated high school and maybe their parents kicked them out of the house, like help them or people who, oh, they lost their job and they won't have another job for two weeks, but they're going to be, you know, they won't be able to pay rent this month. So one month, like we should be able to help that just that they, they would fall if it wasn't for like, that would be such a smaller subsidy than helping someone permanently who's already fallen. Um, Potentially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so anyways, so you you want to, you more or less just want to, um, hmm. in Robertville. In crazy, crazy Robertville. Crazy, well, a utopian Robertville. Crazy Robertville is on the other side of the river from Robertville. It's, uh, <laughs> and then there's Robert Heights. <laughs> so even you have a, 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 a almost a caste system in, uh, well, in your uh, utopia. <laughs> you know. But who, who should live in crazy Robertsville versus Robert Heights, you know? You know, um... <laughs> <laughs> that gets to an interesting place. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, People who work harder? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in addition to... <laughs> so in addition to the renter's union... Uh, okay, in addition to keeping people in their... In their homes and apartments, like keeping them from becoming homeless... Um, 
there needs to be emergency shelters, right, for, for people that have, uh, for people that have, let's say, let's say that, uh, that a renter becomes homeless uh, in a way that, in a way that, that a safety net can't help, um, emergency shelter beds can at least keep them from sleeping out in the elements. Um, and the emergency shelter acts as sort of a navigation portal to uh, a range of social services. Yeah, that seems super reasonable. Um, um, I would think for many people at emergency shelters, it would need to lead to some sort of transitional housing where um, uh, transitional housing would be sort of like short-term, um, short-term housing with an emphasis on on providing a space for a person to live while they work and save money to 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 move into more permanent housing, or where they uh, or where they live while they manage maybe a, an illness or uh, some sort of uh, recovery from trauma. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then in Patterson Heights, you have the, uh, the, the you have the permanent housing. Um, and then behind it, the red Monopoly hotels. And then, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. Well, w- what this all gets to is an interesting, almost like a psychology of people. No one ever thinks that they're like, oh, man, that might be me. So they don't ever want to help people who may in the future become disempoverished, people always think, oh man, I'm just a temporarily uh, disempoverished millionaire. Everyone thinks that they're temporarily where they could be rather than temporarily where they could be in terms of how bad things could be. So everyone wants to help rich people and like all these tax cuts and all these things. No one wants to help real things that like there's a much bigger possibility that with like if you get a disease, you could probably become homeless, like a $70,000 medical visit where where insurance doesn't cover it like Mm -hmm. there's a very real possibility that literally anyone could lose everything they worked for and no one wants to build the safety net that helps those people uh you know yeah i i I think i think awareness of this is growing and yeah uh, you know uh and i think there are great service organizations that they want to do they want to help uh and they have been helping yeah, I like it. So, hmm. are you currently homeless? You said you were I'm in Portland. Currently homeless. Yes. What is it? What is I, it like? It is. Um, it's smelly. Um, it is. Uh, you know, it's tough on the. It's tough on one's feet. Ooh. Yeah. If I uh, like one day when I retire, I want to sort of create a pilot for a reality show where you get, you get like uh, LA's best, best. Uh, um, physical trainer and you get this esthetician from from paris and you get uh the best podiatrist the best uh, like surgical podiatrist in, in new doctor? york is that a feet doctor that's a foot doctor yeah. okay podiatrist a, a podiatrist yeah i was good isn't pediatrics kids though podiatrist pd uh yeah uh, a podiatrist would be a kid uh, doctor treats feet a okay. pediatrician what? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like another kid doctor to me. Maybe a no, foot yeah, doctor, a, a pediatrics. Pa- a podiatrist is a foot doctor. A pediatrician is a... Is oh, because a... pediatrics are feet. Are they? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, Linguistics pa- are strange Podiatry. 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 Okay, so a foot doctor. You have a foot doctor? Yeah, a foot doctor. Yeah. And 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, you sent him to, to Portland to find Portland's most gnarly homeless feet. And, and then you give him a makeover. <laughs> That's a, that'd be your reality show? Yeah. That only airs in uh, Robertson Heights? But you can <laughs> you, you can only watch it in Patterson Heights. Patterson Heights on TLC. That's so funny. Um, stinky, um, bad on your feet. Yeah, yeah. One's feet. Um, you know, um, it's been it's been very enlightening. It's been um, it's been life changing. You know, my, my experience of homelessness, and, and this is the thing, right? It's very difficult to generalize about homelessness because um, we are a diverse bunch. I, and I think everybody sort of arrives at their homelessness in a different way and experiences it differently. Um, for me, it, uh, it, it's been at times... Rather, rather happy, almost, you know. Uh, yeah. but but at other times it's been sort of a nightmare. Yeah. So you weren't because you weren't always homeless. Just in a, a couple, like maybe even a dozen years ago, you weren't. Uh, a dozen years ago, I was not. Uh, I, I um, let's see. In in '08, I moved from the East Coast. Uh, well, first to. Um, Colorado and, and Montana, where I worked at some national parks for uh, for a summer, and that's kind of like homelessness because I, I didn't have furniture. I was living in in sort of these employee dorms. Um, let's see. Um, and then after that, I moved to California, where I was living in an SRO for a little bit, and then renting a room in in a house. Which, which are all like, those are all like kind of kind of like homelessness but uh but not exactly um so it was a transition it was like a, <laughs> it was a, a job transition so <laughs> um but i you know i became street homeless uh when i got kicked out of a halfway house in in uh west lynn oregon up there in clackamas county um uh, yeah. Are you one of the people you mentioned earlier where you'd rather be homeless than work a day job? Like if you if you had a 40 hour a week office job, would you take it? Uh, well, having a 40 hour a week office job wouldn't necessarily keep me. Ooh. ooh you know, I mean, that, really? that would be like that's not shelter. No, but that's definitely a still. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like after long enough, like if you if you have a, a job, even minimum wage, you can eventually afford housing. Maybe not in Eugene. I mean, Jesus. It's like a grand a month to live here. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I mean, yeah, being, being housed is a goal. Um, yeah, being housed is a goal. But at what cost kind of thing? Because you, you said some people don't want to be housed because of the things that it takes to be housed, or they just literally don't want a house. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but but uh, for me, um, you know, some weeks are different than other weeks, right? So um, let's see, 
July and August were relatively okay months for like of this year were, were okay months for me to be homeless in. Um, and that has to do partly with, I guess, precipitation and, and, and my, and my, my gear. I, you know, I had a decent tent and, uh, yeah. And besides precipitation, like cold to like, I mean, so what are the next couple months going to look like for me personally? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, cause you could always go somewhere warmer for the winter and come back in the spring or in the spring again. Right. Um, ish, but not really. Ooh, why? Uh, I guess it'd be a lot of walking. Well, um, it would be a lot of walking. Um, you know, I could, yeah, I, I, I suppose if I, if I were able to sort of, you know, If, if I were able to sort of jump through a certain set of hoops, then I could move to, let's say, San Diego, right? Um, but I like being here. Mm. Um, nothing against San Diego, but um, I there is work that I want to do in Oregon that is very meaningful to me. Um, yeah, so I'm willing to tolerate... Uh, a, a, a wet winter. Yeah. To a certain extent. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so yeah. What are, what are some of the revelations you've had? You said, you said it was eye opening. Oh, wow. Well, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of them are, are just sort of like political. Um, you know, the realization that in Oregon, there are two sets of voters. If you're sheltered, then voting is increasingly easy. Um, but if you're unsheltered, then there are significant barriers between, between you having the same ease of voting that a, that a sheltered person does. Um, ditto for, uh, for the census, which has been something I've been uh, like nerdily researching and talking about the last, for the last year. Um, Nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I, I... Yeah. Um, Also, you know, the homeless are often uh, harassed by, by institutions of society. How so? Um, in was it 2017 or 2018, the Oregonian reported that the majority of arrests in Multnomah County were made of homeless people. Even though Multnomah County for that year was, was something like uh, 3% uh, homeless. So, <clears throat> um, so, why, so why that disparity? Um, well, wouldn't that be similar to saying like the majority of... Uh, of uh, tickets go to people with cars. Like, isn't isn't it is is it a currently a crime to be without shelter? Um. Like, the, is that itself a crime, or is it saying people well, no. who are homeless are committing crimes, or are they saying being homeless is a crime? 
I don't know of any place where it is literally a crime to be homeless, but but there are laws there are laws written with the design of I think ridding areas of homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, sit lie ordinances, uh, sidewalk camping. Bands. That was a big one that Todd was for. He thinks uh, sidewalks should be like be able to put tents up on them. Um, you know, there needs to be a way for for people to be able to camp in cities legally. Um, at the same time, there needs to be a way for that to happen uh, safely. Like both in terms of of the of the health of the campers, and the um, and and the I don't know the sensibilities of of the landowners, and and also landowners landowners have a right to their land, uh, at least that's what we've agreed to, right? As a as a as a community, um, the what what's different about Eugene uh, versus Portland that I've noticed is, is the existence of, of the planter strip on sidewalks. Um, and that creates kind of an interesting space that, uh, that I think there's a debate about how to use planter strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if people set up tents on all the, the grass and the stuff, won't it die? Um, I'm not an expert on grass or or tents. <laughs> I'm not an expert on grass. Um, I you know I, I think that if one, first of all, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Grass what, expert Robert Patterson's on the show. I, with me. <laughs> um, I I think that you raise a good point. Like, how do we have? How do the homeless interact with the environment in ways that? Uh, I wasn't at all meaning like, oh man, grass should be here instead of people. I'm just saying like, well, like imagine you were, it was outside, like you you buy a little plot of land in the city and you have this little bit of grass where you can take your, your dog and you can plant a flower there or you can plant like some, some potatoes or something. You have this little bit of nature and then the city says, well, now it's going to be filled with more people. And it's like, well. You know, like imagine how, how you'd feel if you moved out of the spot that you're currently at and you finally mm. got a house and then all of a sudden laws changed and now people are encroaching on it. You'd be like, you know, uh, you know, if if uh, if the city took land that that had belonged to me and and said that it didn't belong to me anymore, uh, I would want to be. I'd want money, you know, I'd want to be made whole again. Um so you know, I don't know what the answer is about the planter strips. It's uh, like, like, you know, the problem that I have with Eugene's curbside camping ban is that um, is that there is a lack of 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 space within the center of the city where where camping is allowed and where and where reasonable services are offered to the campers and by reasonable services uh, by reasonable services i mean water and wastewater removal oh, and yeah. trash removal oh yeah that seems um, like something i'd want I, I don't want waste and i want people to have water and stuff yes so do i yeah 
Huh. So this seems like you, you want people out of there and then it just makes things worse because then there's, you know. You know, we, uh, yeah. You know what would be a really good idea? <laughs> Tell me. You get a bunch of homeless people together and kind of like a, um, what do you call it? The Get a bunch of people band together. Uh, like a Walmart's doing or like, you know, uh, you, you, a union, a union. Mm-hmm. You can get them all unionized where you all teach them basic coding and then you have them all go code at a library and start like a homeless person business. Mm-hmm. Um, just like where everyone just codes and then it's like, cool. You just all lift each other up. Um, yeah, I think I think projects like that may exist. Cool. I, I, I imagine it'd be hard to get a lot of people. It's hard to get a lot of people to get any amount of people together. I mean, I tried to make a short film once where it was like, trying to coordinate three people's lives. Mm. People just have their own directions in life, you know? It's hard to corral anyone into anything anymore. It's hard to get one guest for a show some days, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, everybody has different motivations and different, we all have different paths. And it's, um, you know, I've, I've just started sort of trying to organize uh, others' politically and and i'm uh and i'm not very good at it you know partly because uh uh probably because i'm 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 kind of a professorial jerk about it and and partly because um you know people don't always have a lot of spare time or spare money or um or spare psychic energy you know mm-hmm. yeah. energy is a trip for sure like um, you, you, sometimes you just don't have it. The whole thing is the less energy you have, the less things you want to do that will give you more energy. Like, uh, just, I mean, like everyone's been stuck in a glue trap, like where it's like the last thing in the world you want to do mm-hmm. is get out of bed. But the only way to get energy is to get out of bed mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Yeah. Energy is a trip, man. Energy and time. Those are the only two things we have, you know, mm. the one without the other isn't anything like if you have too much energy. It's like everything's just fleeting where you just don't have enough time. You know, you're all like up on a manic kind of uptick in life. But then if you just have all this time but no energy, it's like for what? Mm. That's the balance I'm trying to find. Um, what do you uh, What do you do? This for now. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, so I graduated from OSU. So I'm currently 25 grand in debt with no income. So that's fun. Um, luckily... I have a good relationship with my parents and I'll figure something out soon. But, um, yeah, it's a weird thing, man. Uh, well, maybe I should learn to code or, uh, or, or yeah. Uh, what did you study? Uh, kinesiology. So like phys- like a physical therapy kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but, and I believe it, I don't know, man, the more I got into it, the more I'm like, it's all in people's heads. Everything's psychoschematic. Um, like the fact that like, so, so people would get like, uh, their knees just hurting all the time mm-hmm. and they'd have a huge group of people, half of them, they'd put them under and anesthetize them. And then half of them, they'd just cut and sew back up. And the other half, they'd actually do the surgery. They healed at the same rate. Mm. It's all in your fucking head. Everything's in your head. Everything is in people's fucking head. So I'm like, what's even like, I mean, like... I almost believe that you could actually get fit just by thinking that you're fitter. And I think that people actually working out is just their physical will, like the physical manifestation of them thinking that they're fitter. Like, Mm. I'm like, I mean, obviously there's the physicality of like actually lifting weights will like tear muscles and grow. Like, 
But I think it works through your head. Like if you don't think that you're strong, you will never lift heavy enough weights to make yourself stronger. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Everything's in your head. Like as, as far as you know, this is a single player game. Everything oh, goes yeah. dark after you leave. The whole world's going to fall, like not exist anymore. Yes. And, and, and you can't prove opposite. I hate when people deny can't. that <laughs> the fact. Um, so it's like, if it's all in your head, isn't whatever you imagine kind of come into reality as long as it pertains to yourself. You can't affect other people's reality. I can't even be sure that other people exist. Wow. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Whenever people deny that fact, it's like, really though? Like if, if anyone ever pretends like, like that's just like how propagandized you've been by like reality. Like, mm -hmm. nope, I exist and I'm here and you exist and this is all super rational. It's like, well, is it though? Mm. I don't know, man. Science is just as crazy. I've been thinking about it. Science is just as crazy as any religion. Like, what is the Big Bang? What's the Big Bang? So a, a book that you've never read that you're taking on faith mm -hmm. tells you that four billion years ago, all of the energy in the entire universe, which is infinite, was condensed down to the pin of a head, the head of a pin, and then it exploded. I'm like, that doesn't explain anything. What happened before that? An infinite amount of things, man. I'm like, Big Bang is nonsense. Mm. Yeah, science Science is, um, well, at least with science, you know, um, one has the ability to design experiments. Oh, yeah. And, and, Hard and, sciences. Evolution, physically, like this table's here, is real. But the bigger sense of why we're here, what consciousness is, why we sleep, mm how our brain works, any of this. We don't know. We pretend we know. We don't know why all these synapses make it so I'm consciously aware that you're sitting across from me and I'm talking to you. We don't know. We don't know. We don't. <laughs> Those are the biggest questions. We don't know the answers to the biggest questions. No. So that's why I'm like, science falters as soon as it gets anywhere away from like physical hard sciences. I, well, maybe even with the physical hard sciences, uh, science falters. It, it could be that that like the um the experimental method is flawed perhaps yeah. perhaps science unnecessarily d divides the subject and object and the true nature of everything is oneness Ooh. Mm. how so um i don't know i just i i um <laughs> oh, that's a sound bite that's hard to back up <laughs> no, i'm with you though mm. um i mean the, the, there's the whole fact that the the half-life of um the average scientific article is seven years as in in seven years half of articles that were published that year mm -hmm. are provably false like okay. um i mean obviously like seven years ago fat was bad sugar you know or, or like and then seven years before that cigarettes you know like like things studies keep being falsified whereas people are like science is facts mm -hmm. but then it's like well who paid for it first off was it like and then also like is it i mean I love the people like Johan Hari who love the whole rat park, rat park experiment. Have you heard of that? Where they yeah. showed that addiction was caused by physical hooks um, because they're like, oh, see, a rat will keep drinking a, a heroin or methamphetamine mm -hmm. until it kills itself for crack. But then they're like, oh, it's because it's in a cage. So let's put it in a rat park where they get to go fuck other rats and just get to go run around. And then they're like, see, now it doesn't drink that. So they, they tried to redo that later and it didn't work. So I'm like, you know, like how how real are all these experiments that we like to to base our life on when a lot of them are reproductible? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reproducible. Um, and <laughs> and experimenter, ex the bias of the experimenter. Uh, is, oh, yeah. That's very real. 
and then you know the like in order to present the results of an experiment to another you have to use language which is just like a symbolic representation so maybe i'm not even so maybe you know like there are the flaw might be the idea that that the experimenter can actually be removed and and observe it from a standpoint of i don't know separation talk about ai here man you want an unbiased like an ai just doing all our science for us I oh wow, um, I um, I don't know if Alan Iverson is the best person to have doing all of our science. I don't um, know who Alan Iverson is. I was saying AI like a computer. <laughs> Who's Alan Iverson? Uh, Georgetown University. I have no idea. Philadelphia seventy sixers. No? Wait, I, AI for you when you, when you hear the word the word AI, you think of a person. You don't think of. I think of Alan Iverson, and then I think of Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> And uh, Haley Joel Osment isn't even the, the initials of the AI. Arts Institute. <laughs> but you, you got to admit, you think of artificial intelligence at some point down the list. Yeah, that's fifth. <laughs> that's fifth. That's after that's after the Arts Institute. Alan Iverson's just sitting there fucking AI. Nothing on me. One well, human being. Still, still above Jude Law. But. Yeah, I actually just saw Gattaca uh, like Ooh. six months ago. That was the only time I've ever seen Jude Law in a movie. Uma. It was good. Uma. Who's it? What's Uma? Uma Thurman. Ooh. Isn't she in that? Yeah, she is. She's um, Ethan Hawke's love interest. Yeah. It was a good movie. It was for a film class. I hated it. I hated film Baba class. Baba Booey. Oh, Baba my God. <laughs> I, that's cool. <laughs> that know, makes man. my day. Baba Booey. That just made my fucking day. <laughs> what did? Same Baba Booey. I feel like, uh, I feel like, you know, felt like. I was on the fucking Howard Stern show. Yeah, man, you can do anything you want. Isn't that crazy to think? Mm. Um, it's so funny. I used to play a Fortnite some video game with someone right around the uh, the time that the whole it's free real estate meme came around, <laughs> and we just always whisper into the mic. It was it was it was nonsense, and then it just got obnoxious. But mm. yeah, it's a trip. Well, we just did forty five minutes, man. You want to call it? Mm. You got anything else to say? Do you have any strong messages you want to get through to the people? Um, we have ten million people listening to this right now. Wow. No, jeez. <laughs> um. I, I just uh, just have a heart attack. I just want to say uh, hi to. Uh, uh, they know who they are. Nice. Look, I was gonna be up. like, don't call out names. <laughs> Hit me up. Nice. All right. Cool. Pleasure having you, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, <laughs> Baba Booey. Mm-hmm.